the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plane talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections. It's Sunday, 4 o'clock, and that means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. And each Sunday, as you know, we talk politics, Israel, and the law. Uh, Today, we are honored and privileged to have... With us on the show is a special guest, a good friend of mine, Director of Government Affairs for the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, Ethan Roberts. Ethan is a graduate of Stanford Law, intelligent fellow, and one who I uh, have had many years of debate and discussion with. While we may not agree on all subjects, we certainly agree on the subjects of stamping out anti-Semitism wherever it may be found, and being a voice of compassion, care, human rights uh, across the board for the Jewish community, and supporting the state of Israel, a beacon of light unto the nations as it is. And all of those positions have been taxed, if you will, lately, and attacked. And it has made the work of the Jewish Community Relations Council, which Ethan will describe to us uh, shortly, that much more important. A critical organization in the Minnesota and Dakotas, and frankly, there are a number of them across the country doing important work on the issue of anti-Semitism which has increased by well over 300% in just the last many months, just the last year. Before we uh, bring Ethan on and, and talk about the issues of what's going on in Israel and the interface of the Jewish Community Relations Council as it relates to that, I wanted to give you a, just a brief update You may have seen Secretary of State Anthony Blinken just uh, a couple weeks ago when asked about the call for a ceasefire. He said, and I quote, Hamas could have ended this on October 8th by not hiding behind civilians, by putting down its weapons, by surrendering and by releasing the hostages. None of the suffering would have happened if Hamas hadn't done what it did on October 7th, close quote. 
And then he went on to say, it's vital that Israel achieve its very legitimate objectives of ensuring that October 7 can never, never happen again. John Kirby, the White House spokesperson, uh, doubled down on that, saying specifically, we do not support a ceasefire at this time, and there's no change to that because we don't believe it benefits anybody but Hamas. So there it is. I talked uh, last week about the fact that John Fetterman uh, has been very clear on that point. We do not reward evil. We do not reward death and destruction, terrorism, terrorizing innocent civilians, murdering them, terrorizing their families and society in a free country like the state of Israel. We just don't. And we shouldn't give any quarter to that sort of insanity. And... uh, Happily, the Biden administration gets that piece. As you know, I think there are a lot of things they don't get, but they do get that. And thank God that they do. This past week, we moved beyond the hundredth day of hostages in captivity. It's horrifying. It's like your family, think about it, your loved ones or you yourself being taken. Because that's who these people were. They were celebrating at a music festival, many of them. uh, Or they were in their homes, taken. You know, there was a story that occurred this week. I just heard it because you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't read about it anywhere in the mainstream press. uh, Or I dare say in the States. I bet not many of you had heard about it. I had to talk to my son who uh, lives in Tel Aviv, is a citizen of Israel, and uh, he told me about this. Uh, Two of the top soccer players from Israel, one Arab, the other Jewish, uh, went to Turkey and and signed large contracts to play for a Turkish team, uh, one of the famous teams uh, in Turkey, uh, part of one of the cities that is fairly, it may even be anti-Erdogan. Uh, and uh, just this week, uh, taking a pass from the Arab Israeli, the Jewish Israeli scored a goal. And they are two of the best players uh, there. And their contracts are like million euro contracts. Very significant. And after he scored a goal, they were celebrating, and he held up his wrist, which had a statement on it about the 100th day of the hostages. And, of course, it went viral on social media. He was removed from the team. His contract was canceled, but more than that, he was arrested. And he was taken into custody. He was uh, just released a few days ago and removed from the country. It's likely that he'll never collect uh, on his contract. But, you know, it's an indication. This was a symbol 
of a statement of solidarity in support of bringing back the hostages. That is a statement that there's opposition to. That's a problem. And we need to stand firm, firm against that sort of point of view. And I know the Jewish Community Relations Council does, and we're joined now by the Director of Government Affairs for that important organization that stands in defense of the State of Israel, that stands in opposition to the evil of Hamas and terrorism around the world, and certainly the response to October 7th that we have seen in the streets here in the United States, filth and anti-Semitism. That's what the JCRC fights against. Uh, Ethan Roberts, thank you so much for joining us on the Victory Hour. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So, Ethan, uh, I want to start by maybe you can give a thumbnail sketch of who is the JCRC and what your role is with the organization. Sure. The JCRC is the consensus public affairs voice for the Jewish community of Minnesota and the Dakotas. We were established in 1939 at a time when Minneapolis was considered to be the most city or cities in in the country. And we continue to exist uh, to combat anti-Semitism, to uh, stand up for Israel, to coordinate um, community security. So we already interface between um, our community and law enforcement at the federal, state, and local level to um, commemorate um, and honor the victims and survivors of the Holocaust, educate about the Holocaust, um, and the work of, of community relations, which underlines all of that. We are an independent CRC. We're an independent 501c3. We are a staff of about 12 people. And I am both the director of government affairs and um, as of last year, also the deputy executive director. So as a, as the director of government affairs, I would imagine you work both on the federal and the state level, uh, but certainly at the uh, state legislature. Do you have a sense of any response at the state level to what occurred on October 7th? or people reaching out to you, because I know you have some very strong relationships there. So the initial response um, was appropriately uh, very supportive. So the JCRC, um, in coordination and partnership with uh, Bethel Synagogue, with the MRA, um, with the Cantorio Association, um, TC Jew folk, and it's been it's been 100, almost 100 days, so if I'm forgetting Anyway, I'm sorry, organized a community solid gathering. And the MRA is the Minnesota Rabbinical Association. Association. Right. Um, They represent most of the rabbis in in Minnesota. And it was literally attended by thousands of people. We were well past um, probably the legal capacity of the synagogue. They probably don't like it every time I say that, but it's probably true. Um, Thousands of people online and like a thousand plus people who couldn't get in because we were beyond capacity just watched in the parking lot. And the uh, the governor spoke, Senator Klobuchar spoke. We invited all four uh, legislative caucuses um, and they were all represented either by like the Speaker Hortman, um, Majority Leader Kerry Dietzik, um and the Republican side, um, uh, Minority Leader Lisa Damoth, who was actually supposed to be with us on 
uh, the JCRC's trip to Israel, which was supposed to have happened in November, a trip that Speaker Hortman has been on in the past. Um, it couldn't happen, of course, because of the war. And then the Senate Republican caucus was represented by our dear friend, Senator Warren Limmer. There were also many members talking to Ethan Roberts of the JCRC. We're going to hear more about the uh, the legislative initiatives of the JCRC and the relationship, the response that is being received from the JCRC. I will tell you that the event that was put on by the JCRC shortly after October 7th, Thousands in attendance, thousands who couldn't get in and were online or outside. Uh, Literally, it was a massive event. But beyond that, we're going to hear more about the community outreach as it relates to the war in the state of Israel from the JCRC. I'm Andrew Parker. You're listening to the Victory Hour. And uh, stay with us. In the meantime, go to ParkerDK.com. We're going to have an interesting discussion about anti-Semitism and the response here in the West to what occurred on October 7th in the state of Israel, the terrorism, the horrors, the atrocities, and the response. We're with Ethan Roberts of the JCRC. We'll be right back. Very short break. Don't go far. We're back. It's the Victory Hour. Thank you for staying with us. And uh, this interesting show, you're going to learn some things that are not reported, that are behind the scenes and are very important to see what is happening to push back against the hate and the evil that is frankly right here in our midst. As we're joined today by the Director of Government Affairs for the JCRC, Ethan Roberts, Deputy Executive Director for the organization that covers Minnesota and the Dakotas. On the other side of the break, uh, Ethan was discussing uh, what he was finding at the state legislature in terms of attitudes and response to the horrors and atrocities of October 7th and the response that Israel has committed to since October 7th. Ethan, uh, prior to the break, you were getting into who was speaking at the events and more generally the legislative response. Right. So um, mentioned some of the high-ranking officials who attended and, and spoke. You know, since that time, um, we've, you know, the legislature, um, I think the decision has been made um, by certain leaders that this debate over um, Israel-Palestine is, is really not primarily uh, their lane and that, the, you know, they were elected to end things they government do. And I think as they were seeing it getting increasingly caustic, you know, on social media, um, getting very personal, you know, I mean, I think you've probably discussed this, you know, particularly say in the Senate. Um, and I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, we were saying during the break, I mean, I, I'm not aware of anybody in Khan Yunus or in Jerusalem who's waited on bating, abated breath. What does the Minnesota state legislature do with respect to the conflict? What alone does the Minneapolis city council do? 
And if we could get through the legislative session with legislators focusing on, on the work they're elected to do uh, and not act as though there's some sort of mini, you know, model UN or something, I think that would be for the good. Uh, at the same time, I don't believe in unilateral ceasefires. And so if our, our message is not heard and, and the legislature decides um, that they really want to engage in this issue, um, we're not going to be quiet. Um, and we're not going to be, you know, we're, we, we will be at the Capitol as well. Um, but I think it will be regrettable, um, just as it is regrettable that the Minneapolis City Council decided one of the, I mean, literally the first organizing of the council was the substantive issue they decided to take on. Um, it went as poorly as we had predicted it would. Um, you know, people in charitably had called them a mob, um, shouting down, you know, council members who weren't even espousing, like, strong support for Israel. They're just saying we should focus on work that unites us and the work of the city. And and they they couldn't even get a word in while the new council president just sort of like watched it unfold. It was really disappointing. Um, And it it was ugly. I mean, some of the signs were like, um, and so this, this mob that the city council kind of assembled by putting this on the agenda and, and behaved as, as badly as we would have expected they would have, um, is uh, very unpopular. Um, if you if you go based upon the comments that we're seeing um, and, and start review now, it's not exactly a scientific poll. I, I'll, I'll be the first to acknowledge that, but I rarely see 400 to 1, 300 to 1 comments in any direction on any issue that's um, covered in Richard Bean. And so and, it, and was, the- it was, just to be clear, it was yeah. 400 uh, to 1 opposed why are you doing this opposed why are you doing this yeah why are you doing this opposed to the city of minneapolis resolution that is calling out state of israel with vicious anti-semitic uh attitudes and tropes you know i i i just have to chime in here so that folks know my (laughs) judgment and opinion on it uh, whether they're interested in it or not and and that is um i am one who uh, you know, doesn't want the Jewish people to have to walk in the shadows, doesn't uh, want the Jewish people to have to uh, just be quiet, don't make a big issue out of it, and keep it low-key. Uh, hopefully no one will talk about it. As opposed to bringing it to the fore and having a, a, a significant full-throated debate about anti-Semitism, debate about the fact that Israel is the moral actor in this, and the Palestinians, and I use the word Palestinians, not Hamas, the Palestinians are not. And I say that not as the whole people, the Palestinians, but Hamas are Palestinians. That's who they are. They were born there, raised there. That's who they are. And so, You know, I get the politics of this, that it becomes an enormous uh, lift, but it will bring out all of the haters who 400 to 1 will be viewed as haters, ultimately. And if we sweep it aside and say, well, this isn't in your lane, don't deal with it, don't bring it up, don't discuss it, you know, we, the, the vile and ugliness needs to be uncovered at some point or else October 7 type events occur. Thoughts? 
Well, you know, we try to pick, um, I, I would want to have the, right. I don't just mean the moral high ground. I want to have a field where I think that we, we can win. And so, for example, this is why when the Israeli consulate asked us to screen the atrocities video and, and I did participate in that, having recruited several people to, to watch it, I, I didn't think it would be morally correct not to watch it with them. Um, it's, I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's 43, it's like 43 straight minutes. Um, and you know, while much of it I'd rather seen elsewhere, it's, it's 43 straight minutes and we invited the media and, and much of the media covered it. And, and that, that gets the truth out, right? So that important. explains to so people, important. For, for people who have, are like Dory fish or something like their memory is like five minutes. Um, and the fact that they're still hostages. And as you said, at the top of the, of the program, yesterday was the hundredth day. Today is the 101st day. Right. And, and so keeping the focus on the hostages, keeping the focus on the atrocities, putting this conflict in, in context, right. To farm place, 6th is so important. The Minneapolis city council, um, they don't know which river, they don't know which sea, Right. And so it, it's, it's hard to have like a substantive, like high quality, uh, debate. And even the people who are, who are sympathetic to us, who are members of the city council, um, they were just more comfortable arguing, this is not our lane. We have so many problems, so many challenges in Minneapolis. Let's focus on that. And I, and I respect that, right? Because people like you and me, like we've been doing this work forever and we're very comfortable with the situation, very comfortable with the facts. It's a lot to add to that, right? Yeah. Um, it's, not council. it's not why people run for state legislature. And so I'm always looking for the argument that can bring the most people together. One of the best successes that JCRC's had since October 7th was after the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers. So the teachers union for Minneapolis teachers passed that horrific resolution. Yes. We worked with Jewish teachers and non-Jewish teachers on uh, another resolution where everyone, first of all, knew it was going to be on the agenda, unlike what the um, other resolution was. That was a surprise. There were far more people in attendance because it was on the agenda circulated the language so people could see it again the due process right fairness that, that had been deprived uh, of us and and then we passed our resolution overwhelmingly and there were people who literally argued like i don't necessarily agree with what israel's doing but i know it's not the lane the role of the minneapolis federation of teachers to be taking this on so when i can bring people who feel comfortable and understand why Israel is doing what it's doing and people who may not even feel comfortable, but just know this is not the work of the teachers union or city council or state legislature. That's a winning coalition. And that's what is. And then you, and then you, you come know, in from behind maybe and educate them so that constantly educating the difference. Between. Right. And in our presentations on anti-Semitism, which we're trying to get in front of everyone we possibly can, uh, you know, with teachers, but also with, um, with employers, you know, anti-Zionism is, is, is a key component. In fact, we lead with that. Um, well, it's actually Jewish identity and anti-Semitism because, you know, before we explain why people hate us, maybe they should know something about us first. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like, you know, and, and. No, that's absolutely right. They should know right. that the indigenous people of the state of uh, Israel are the Jews. Uh, it's not, uh, Islam. Uh, Islam didn't exist when the Jews were there and that's well, the indigenous people. Well, you, the, you're just glossing over the word people, right? Yeah. The fact that we're a people, right. And not just adherence to like a, a, a members of a faith community is super important, right? Yeah. Explaining the connection that we have to each other as Jews, the connection that we have to Jews 
uh, Israel. The connection we have Jews in Israel are here who don't look anything like us, but are still Jewish. Um, that concept, right? Like we as Jews have put ourselves in other people's boxes for millennia, right? Like that was the deal with the French. Like, oh, we're just like you Christians. We're just, a, you know, we, we were Jews. It's similar. We're not. Right. We're not just it's not just that we just believe different things in Christians or Muslims. We organize ourselves. We think of ourselves differently as a people. Right. I mean, Book of Ruth. Right. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. So pressing upon the importance of Jewish peoplehood is incredibly important for understanding how anti-Semitism operates. We're talking and why to, we're so connected to, to Israel. We're talking to the uh, director of government affairs for the Jewish Community Relations Council, Ethan Roberts. Very Interesting discussion, fascinating. Uh, as I raise certain points of disagreement, they are brought to light by Ethan in a uh, very intelligent way. As usual, we have many have had many discussions over the years uh, of interest, and I've always enjoyed them. Ethan Roberts, Director of Government Affairs, he's going to be back with us after this short break. You should be back with us after this short break as well. In the meantime, let me comment about just special between you and I. Go out, check out my pillow and the sleep products that they have. I've got almost all of them. They're absolutely outstanding. And today I want to give you a special offer. Mike Lindell and his employees want to thank you for listening to the show. Yeah. Lindell does. I know him. Yeah, he does. They've got overstock. They got clearance. They got new product sale right now with the best prices ever, and you get free shipping on your entire order. Plus 50% off on the MyPillow 2.0, 50% off the brand new flannel sheets, the six pack towel sets, only $29.98, all with the offer code VICTORY. Go to 1 800 334 8902. 1-800-334-8902, 1-800-334-8902, or MyPillow.com, offer code VICTORY. Great stuff. Stay with us. One other little instruction. Go to ParkerDK.com. We'll be right back. The Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and we are joined today uh, by our special guest, Ethan Roberts, Director of Government Affairs and Deputy Executive Director for the Jewish Community Relations Council, an organization that I sat on the board for many years. And uh, well, I've always I always considered myself as a voice of reason on the board. Others uh, <laughs> viewed me as a bit of a thorn in the side, but I I do think that. Uh, the Jewish Community Relations Council that that really attempts uh, very effectively most of the time to be the voice of the Jewish community. And the voice of the Jewish community is a difficult one to speak from because it is broad uh, and it is not monolithic and so not an easy task for the JCRC. And I tried to make sure that uh, kind of a minority voice uh, – was heard, and I continue to do so. And working with someone like Ethan Roberts, it makes it easy 
to do so, as well as the executive director, uh, Steve Hunnigs. That's the JCRC of Minnesota and the Dakotas. So, Ethan, on the other side of the break, we were talking about uh, the Minneapolis City Council and how, you know, the, the sort of activity that you can do in educating. And if anyone has the opportunity to watch the 43-minute, um, you know, uh, real-life video of the atrocities that occurred on October 7th, uh, they are beyond the words that have been reported. Uh, no question about it. And it is difficult simply to watch it, let alone to hear it. And for all these people, despicable people who are marching in the streets in support of Hamas and the despicable people who sit on the city council, and I will say that directly to them, including Robin Wansley in particular, who speak out against Jews and against the state of Israel in the face of these atrocities is disgusting and nothing short of disgusting. But one of the problems is the lack of education, the lack of knowledge or foundation in understanding what is truth and fiction as it relates to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And so that brings us to the schools. What is the JCRC doing, Ethan, as it relates to what is happening in our schools, and maybe you can articulate some of the stories that you've had to deal with. So JCRC, uh, as I mentioned earlier, has 12 people on our staff, and nine of them, nine of us, nine of us are working on combating anti-Semitism. Seven of us, um, largely on the education front and employer front, and then our two security professionals. And the work in the schools has been, it's been overwhelming. Uh, and so we ended up actually asking colleagues who work, you know, in the world, in the area of like Holocaust education. So they're educators, uh, but they're not, they don't educate about Israel. Um, and they don't do casework. And really, typically, casework is when somebody reaches out to us because they're having uh, an issue. Uh, we're all doing casework. We're all involved in the schools. Um and it ranges from, let's say, at the law school um, you know, level where you have a professor who is just atrocious on social media. And it goes all the way to kids being taunted at elementary school. It's public schools, but it's also private schools. Uh, the most time consuming and disturbing and disgusting uh anti-Semitism that we've had to confront are, are death threats um, uh, in, in not just one school district, multiple school districts or, or threats of violence. Um, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Uh, I've sat. What is so that many against, against Jewish students or against, how does that against particular, against, against particular Jewish students? Yes. Um, and both online on social media, but also in person. Um, and, Heartbreaking to, to to sit with parents who, you know, some of whom, and I'm thinking of one in particular who who left the former Soviet Union um, to escape anti-Semitism, um, and you know, never ex- thought they would experience, you know, what her her parents and grandparents and great parents had experienced in the former Soviet Union. And 
And they come What's, here to avoid to get away from it. And here it is as bad or worse. Yeah. And, and, it, and it really, I think that we are all in this like October 8th world, right? Or There's the anti-Semitism that was, and there's the anti-Semitism that it now is. And, and for many people that we, we work with, they're like, you know, we really didn't see much. Maybe some kid would draw a swastika like on the, on the desk because they've maybe been studying the Holocaust. And, you know, kids often have very poor impulse control and they would be nipped in the butt, right? This is, it's beyond that. And, and, and most school districts are, are really struggling. Um, I want to applaud though, for example, the Adina public schools. Um, they early on knew they were going to have a walkout. They early on that, you know, uh, while students have a limited, you know, back to, I know the opening, opening, like this is, you know, politics in the law, right? Students have limited first amendment rights um, on school property that they would not tolerate hate speech on school property. And uh, the chant from the river to the sea is, is hateful. That's not just a JCRC's view. That's ADL's view, AJC's view. Honestly, it's common sense. Um, and the, the school responded when there was, uh, students who were in that and, and there was a quint. Um, and, and now, you know, there's, my understanding is the, uh, care is working with a lawyer. This is the advocacy group for, for Muslims. And, uh, it's a national group, um, with a Minnesota chapter, you know, asking the federal department of education to investigate this, but the part of this, which is most galling for us. And I've said this in the, in, in the paper elsewhere is that a Muslim advocacy group believes that it's their role, their lane to define what is and isn't anti-Semitic. And, and here's where the rules of progressivism just fall apart when it comes to Jews. Say that again. The, if, Say that again. Either. So if the, if the rules of progressivism, right, if a rule of progressivism is that it is not important what the speaker's intent is, yeah. what matters is the impact on the listener. And so if I use the wrong language um, the wrong pronouns, the uh, wrong terminology for somebody else. And I don't mean any harm by it, or I just use other language and someone's harmed. It's still a problem. This is the law of yes. right? Here we don't get to define, right? And they will always be able to find a few Jews who agree with them. And this is why it's so important for us to be like, look, Jewish community, like any community, is not a monolith. There is no such thing as unanimity within our community, but we speak for the broad consensus and this is anti-Semitic. And so I, I give Edina, um, um, their school board, their superintendent credit for holding the line on this. The the activists on the other side have come and tried to be and extremely rude towards them. And, and Jewish parents are now showing up as well to just show support for, for the school board. Um, I have spent time with families um in police departments filing um, police reports um, for, for this particular issue of the death threats. Um, Ethan, how we, do you, how do you explain that, you know, young kids K through 12 uh, have learned to be, you know, so hateful, so hateful. And, and so angry. Where do they, where do they, I suppose they could learn it from their parents, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's online. Well, it's certainly on TikTok. So, um, you know, one thing I think the federal government could do is uh, the official JCRC position is really relook look into whether TikTok should even be allowed because it is 
absolutely being manipulated by the Chinese government. And I know it sounds like I have a tinfoil hat on, but there's been research done about the stories you would see on Instagram versus stories you would see on TikTok. And they have the same audience. And so you would expect to see in the same ratio of stories. But government find threatening you're not to find on tiktok and any agenda that the chinese government is trying to push like dividing americans on this war you're going to find overrepresented on tiktok and so if your main source of information is your peers it's social media it's influencers it's frankly not the star tribune right uh, editorial page or uh, op-eds or, or reporting um it feeds into that but beyond just the information we have to understand that, again another law of progressivism um, uh, article of faith within much of the DEI framework is a binary the world can be divided between oppressors and the oppressed, right. the powerful and the powerless. And we saw this in uh, Councilmember Wamsley that she kept saying oppressors, the oppressors, the oppressors. And I know she just wanted to say Jews, but she yeah. just kept saying oppressors. And in that binary framework, we don't really fit, right? Because, you know, if Jews are successful in law, successful in politics, successful in, in other disciplines, which require, you know, going to school, work, hard work, studying, um, and look at it from equality of outcomes, not equality of opportunity. You know, we look like the powerful oppressors. And so we're also fighting against that, that the ground was fertile. And October 7th just revealed, you know, they, not, not just the hate, but just the... Uh, really, a, 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 it's a world that is just predisposed to have a hard time seeing us for who we are and seeing anti-Semitism in particular. And so much of our training on anti-Semitism is explaining how anti-Semitism is in some ways like autism, but in many ways it's very different. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Ethan, uh, and we're talking to Ethan Roberts, uh, the Director of Government Affairs for the Jewish Community Relations Council, Ethan, it is astonishing to me the ignorance that exists that would allow anyone to call the Jewish people oppressors. The Jewish people throughout the millennia have been oppressed, and the stories are legion, and they are consistent in one direction. In no scenario have the Jewish people on balance been oppressors and to twist history in a way to make that claim is absolutely outrageous we just had Martin Luther King Day here in the United States who was it that stood next to right next to Martin Luther King and moved through the civil rights movement with the African Americans, with the blacks in this country, more than any other community, it was the Jewish people supporting those who were oppressed. Never can you describe the Jewish people as an oppressor. Robin Wansley is a fool, and she is despicable, and nothing short of it. You're listening to the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. Every Sunday, 4 o'clock, we talk politics, Israel, and the law, and we are talking that today with Stanford Law grad. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Maybe on the other side of the break, we'll ask Ethan what he thinks about Stanford lately, here and there. 
Director of Government Affairs for the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas. And we'll be right back after this short break. To complete our discussion with Ethan, make sure to stay with us. Hello there. It's the Victory Hour. Andrew Parker, I'm here with Ethan Roberts, Director of Government Affairs and Deputy Executive Director for the Jewish Community Relations Council. We're talking about Israel, October 7th, terrorism, hate, and the despicable response from many here in the United States. What a disgrace. It, it is, uh, you know, you can expect it from Hamas, terrorists, from, from Iran. Uh, from the haters in the Palestinian community, not all of them, but many, and I would say most, according to the latest survey, 75% supporting October 7th uh, Hamas attack in the Palestinian community. But can you expect it from the institutions of higher learning? What's going on at the University of Minnesota, Ethan? What are you uh, finding there in terms of... uh, Jew hate. Well, I mean, first, I, I want to just acknowledge that I think the University of Minnesota is a, is a great school. Um, I have a college senior, uh, a, a, sorry, a high school senior who is deciding which college to go to, and you know he's going to be accepted to Carlson, and I'm 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 hoping he there. Uh, and All right, well, example, that's nice Carlson. of you to give them the at, at Car- no. I mean, it, well, it depends. I mean, I think it's my Carlson, alma mater, for example, and I'm going to come right, out right, right. I think possible is that if you're a student at Carlson or a student in many at school of journalism, my my dear friend Alicia Cohen is the is the director of the Hubbard School. Um, there are a lot of great spaces at the University of Minnesota. However, the Gender, Women, Sexuality Studies department is not one of them, uh, and they came Women's out on studies. October 16th. Women. Well, yes, it's actually interesting if you look at some of the things they study. It's like in artism. But um, look, that's for that's for you know somebody wants to if that floats their boat. Um, but they came out with a statement on October sixteenth, twenty twenty three, which is just horrific, right? It's just a screed against Israel. And again, this is like Israel is. I mean, they're still identifying the bodies on October sixteenth. Um, there are still Hamas terrorists, which are probably still haven't even been accounted for on the Israeli side of the border. Um, and and Steve Honigs, our executive director, and I kind of argue like which is the most galling pe- part of this horrific for me. I've always looked on to the line. Meanwhile, this is what they wrote on October sixteenth, and it's still on the website for the College of Liberal Arts. So at the it's University not like, of Minnesota. CLA, at the University of Minnesota, yeah, yeah, still there, my right, alma right. Mater, CLA, the taxpayer, the taxpayer funded, still on the website. Right. Meanwhile, gl- global media coverage reproduces Islamophobic tropes of terrorism and of and unsubstantiated claims of quote unquote uncivilized violence. Unsubstantiated so, quote unquote uncivilized violence, but it's unsubstantiated. It so happened. basically we have tax fund taxpayer funded October 7th truthers at the university of Minnesota. And it's so important for them to maintain this because, you know, if, if nobody's a victim, Right. In Israel, if this is just uh, Israel, you know, decided on October 8th to, you know, in their view, engage in genocide, um, then then that's how they hold the moral high ground. Uh, 
But, you know, we were talking about the video earlier that we've seen some of the worst violence, some of the worst sexual violence isn't even on. And so for a women's studies department, again, the rules of progressivism, believe women unless they're Jewish, right? Believe women unless they're Israeli. Um, and so, um, well, yes, there are a lot of really good things happening at the university. And I think that the president, inner president Edinger, is doing a good job. There remains within it pockets of the most vile anti-Semitism well, um, that we've seen since October seventh. <laughs> that's Ethan Roberts, director of government affairs, deputy executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council, and uh, the Jewish community has great relationships across the board with other minority communities, including with uh, schools of higher learning, including the University of Minnesota, which is why Ethan has to say. Well, you know, there's a lot of good going on there, et cetera. But I don't have to say that, and I will not be. Uh, even if I might have contributed anything to the University of Minnesota, I will not be. And taxpayer dollars should be removed from that school until they turn back the anti-Semitism that they have been espousing and allowing to be propagated. We'll be back next week, and until then, have a great week. Freedom. Justice. Honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.